You're listening to Astroscope, astrology podcast by Mark Lerner and Great Bear Enterprises. This podcast is sponsored by Buzzword Consulting and Forfame.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast number 112. It is Thursday, March 30th, 2023, and our new podcast 112 is called The Astrology of Former President Donald Trump Indicted by a Grand Jury in New York City, Part 1. Charts included are the USA Solar Arc Progressed Horoscope for March 30th, 2023, the Horoscope for Presidential Power from the inauguration of George Washington on April 30th of 1789 in New York City, The Horoscope of Donald J. Trump, born on June 14, 1946. And the horoscope for the approximate time today of the news reports of the Trump indictment in New York City. I also suggest listening to several of my podcasts created in 2019 and 2020 on then-President Donald Trump in the Mark Lerner Astrology Radio Astroscope podcast section of our website, at greatbearenterprises.com, which is again www. greatbearenterprises with an s.com. Overall, this is podcast number 112 offered to the public since May of 2019. So I have a bunch of introductory ideas and thoughts to present to you, and I'm going to be going over not only these charts, but a couple others. Um, so this is an impromptu type of experience here. Let me just explain. I'm doing this. I live in the Pacific Northwest, as many of you know. Libra is rising. It's early evening. Libra is the sign of justice, balance, scales. We're about to put our our fourth GPS astrology online magazine into publication next Wednesday. By the way, please subscribe. It's free. Go to greatbearenterprise.com. At the top, you'll see GPS Astrology. Okay, we've done three other issues. You can browse through all of them. Fantastic stuff. Please subscribe. Completely free. The next issue is at the full moon next Wednesday. Or at this point, I don't know when you're listening, but at this point it's next Wednesday because today is Thursday, March the 30th, and it will come out April 5, Sun in Aries, Moon in Libra, the annual Sun-Chiron conjunction in Aries. And Chiron is going to be very important for a near future podcast. I've done a number of podcasts on Chiron. I happen to be living out here in Oregon, 3,000 miles from where I was born in New York, and Chiron is rising for me. So uh, the next GPS Astrology, there's going to be a bunch of information on Chiron. Former President Donald Trump is born when Chiron is not moving, conjunct the U.S. Saturn from July 4th, 1776. I've done multiple podcasts on former President Trump, particularly in 2019, 2020. And in the news section, it used to be called Earth Aquarius News at the top of the website, in addition to your signing up uh, as a subscription for GPS Astrology about to come out next week, please go to um, the area of Explore Features. And if you open that up with your mouse, this top of the front page, uh, homepage of uh, greatbearenterprise.com, you'll see Explore Features. And one of the areas, it just says News. It used to be called Earth Aquarius News, which was the old name of our website. In the News section are several dozen articles 
one of which was about Donald Trump and his inauguration on January 20th of 2017 and some discoveries I made, particularly about Sedna and Eris. These are two planets in our own solar system, way beyond Pluto. Eris has a cycle of 565 years, was discovered in 2005, and Sedna was discovered in 2003 and has 11,400-year orbit. And there was an extraordinary synchronicity when Donald Trump became president. And exactly on that day, January 20th, 2017, and you may remember all these women were meeting, particularly that day, the day after in in, uh, Washington, D.C. and all around the planet. They were all up, up in arms against the president's inauguration and so many things that had been revealed about him, whether true or not true and so on. And Sedna and Iris were in a combination. So you're welcome to read that story as well as seeing Donald Trump's chart at that point, as well as the inaugural chart for Donald Trump and Mike Pence back on January 20th, 2017. Again, it's in the news section of Great Bear Enterprises in the area Explore Features. There's dozens of other articles that you can get into there. Okay, so there's a lot for me to be sharing about. Libra is rising out here. Um, We're going to talk a lot about Mars here. Mars is a very powerful planet when Donald Trump was born in Queens, New York, June 14, 1946, 10.50 something in the morning. We have an exact chart for Donald J. Trump that's not approximate from his birth certificate. It's been known by astrologers for many years. And again, his chart is in so many different podcasts, and we're presenting it again with this podcast 112. By the way, it's only at greatparenterprise.com in the Astroscope section. Even if you listen to this from Apple or uh, wherever you listen, Spotify, the different places where this podcast is revealed, but it's only at Great Bear Enterprises in the Mark Lerner Astrology radio area, Astroscope, that we have folders. So there are four crucial charts for you to be looking at. They're going to be in this podcast 112 folder, uh, the, po- the charts that I just mentioned, and I'll be talking about some other ones. But transiting Mars now, which had spent six or seven months in Gemini, Mars has been a big player by transit affecting all of our lives. You don't have to have been a sun sign Gemini to know that from August 20th of 2022 to just recently on March 25th, um, which just occurred a few days ago, Mars has just entered the sign Cancer, which is America's sun sign. And from our chart, our Declaration of Independence chart, on July 4th, 1776. And guess what? Our, our Venus, our national Venus is at three plus a cancer. And as everybody wakes up tomorrow, people have watched the news today about the indictment of Trump in New York City. Um, I should say former President Donald J. Trump. And we'll get into all this. There was what is called a void moon today. And we don't know exactly the moment that the jury, the grand jury, because a lot of this is under seal, When did they actually vote? When was the vote? We got the news reports late this afternoon from New York City around 5.45 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, and the moon was in the last degree of the sign Cancer, and that is considered a void position. Not that that means nothing will happen, something terrible will happen. It's up for grabs, but it is part of the phenomenon of how we understand astrology Uh, for centuries, that when the moon particularly is laid in a sign and has stopped making what's called its Ptolemaic aspects, conjunction, opposition, square, trine, and sextile, this does not ever include, the void moon concept does not include minor aspects 
Unfortunately, Ceres, Pallas, Athena, Juno, Vesta, Chiron, and outer planets beyond Pluto, they're not included in calculating a void moon, if there is one. So sometimes, uh, again, we don't know about void moons, and we don't know exactly the moment the jury met at this point. I'm sure we will find out. But because the news reports came out today and the moon was in the last degree of cancer, about to go opposite Pluto, for most people, it will be considered a void moon of the announcement, which has a lot to do with the uncertainty about what will happen in this particular case. Just remember, there are other cases for Donald Trump in Georgia having to do with his phone calls um, in 2020 when he was hoping to uh, shift Georgia's uh, electoral votes. So that's a whole other case. Then we've got the case with Mar-a-Lago about um, items that Donald Trump took home with him to Mar-a-Lago that he shouldn't have taken there. There's that investigation. Then there's the the the, the big one in Washington, D.C., having to do um, with other things on a federal level, you know, of whether he, he would be prosecuted there. So there's all these other things that are pending, but the first stage of this thing has just occurred today, March 30th. I'm going to mention a few other things, but right now Mars is at two plus a cancer. The USA Venus is at three plus a cancer. So Mars tomorrow, when the newspapers come out, morning reports, we know more information and so on, uh, Mars will be exactly in the USA Venus. That can only happen about every two years. And then a couple days from now, we get into early next week, Mars, like Monday and Tuesday, Mars will move to five plus of Cancer, which is the United States Jupiter position. And then a couple weeks later, Mars will be at 13 plus of Cancer, which is the USA Sun. Then a couple weeks later, Mars will be on the USA Mercury, which, by the way, is a retrograde Mer Mercury opposite the USA Pluto. So Mars is out of Gemini. Mars had made three returns to its own position in Gemini over the last several months. Mars was also stationary in January, particularly January 12th on the United States Uranus. Many of the challenges that have been happening for America, including the banking crisis, Ukraine, um, NATO, um, what's happening in Israel now, a lot of the authoritarian issues, what's happening in France, with people are rioting, uh, having to do with retirement, shifting from 62 to 64, if they can push that through from the government of um, Macron, and what's happening in Israel, particularly where Netanyahu, who's, who is already under indictment, is trying to influence the Supreme Court there. So we have seen all kinds of radicalization, upheavals, around the world. As many of you know, I've done many podcasts on this. The United States Pluto came back last year three times. It had never done that before. That was the first time in 247 years that Pluto came back in Capricorn. And in the chart we basically have used here at Woken to Planet Earth, and for decades we use a chart for the United States from July 4th, 1776, at approximately 4.47 in the afternoon in Philadelphia. And in that chart, Pluto is in the money house, house number two, of our banking and our savings and money and so on. So Pluto has come back last year. In fact, when the Ukraine war began on February 24th of last year, when, when Putin launched his, although he doesn't call it an invasion, he calls it a, a, a military operation for regarding eastern Ukraine, Four days earlier, Pluto had exactly returned, and then it and Pluto returned again two more times last year for the United States. But we're not out of that cycle, even though you're reading about Pluto going into Aquarius and in my daily cosmic calendar. Again, you're welcome to 
If you haven't already done so, please download the app, Astrology Cosmic Calendar with a K, which I've done for 41 years. It used to be at the center of Woken Planet Earth, which was the publication in newspaper and magazine format uh, from throughout the 80s and 90s. And the Cosmic Calendar, which was at the centerpiece, has now continued for a total of 41 plus years. And my daughter, Katya, who's running our website, particularly uh, as well as GPS astrology and as an expert designer, she's the one who orchestrated over the last couple of years so that we have an app where you can go into the future, two to three weeks into the future. So right now there are dates in the cosmic calendar in April 17, and in the next 24 hours we'll have through April 30th, three to four weeks into the future if you subscribe which is pennies a day. That's the Astrology Cosmic Calendar, calendar with an A, with a K, sorry, and for your Android or iPhone. So you can look, you can get it free one day at a time, which is great. But if you really want to utilize the cycles in the sky, which we're all a part of, each one of us, our birth charts were frozen in time, in a particular place, month, day, and year, particular time. We are all walking, breathing, living cosmic calendars. And so just I always want to remind everybody, people might say, why do I need your cosmic calendar? What's so important about knowing the cycles in the sky? I just want to know about my chart, my transits, my progressions, my this, my that. Well, if you don't study the cosmic calendar, you're missing, I can guarantee you, 50 or more percent of alignments that are influencing you, your loved ones, the future, the past, and you just got to tune into it. So you want to do it free one day at a time. If you don't want to subscribe, that's fine. But if you subscribe for a year, which is $49 and used to be $75, $80, you get a, a complimentary timeline report for six months based on your exact birth chart. So it's it's worthwhile to do that. That basically pays for the subscription itself. And then you can go two to three weeks, four weeks into the future and really learn to be an expert astrologer by seeing the cycles ahead of time. So there's my little statement on that. At any rate... Um, so there's an enormous power of the transiting Mars now, but all the planets today, we just sent an email to everybody out there who's on our list this morning. And 24 hours ago when I was thinking, oh, what would be a great email? Had no idea that Donald Trump would be indicted in New York. He had he had said a week ago Tuesday, hey, they're going to indict me. Then everything was sort of forgotten. We didn't know what was going to happen. So many people have been saying, well, wouldn't it be better if the Georgia – a DA, you know, were to started there due to, you know, election interference. And then some other people are thinking, what about the Mar-a-Lago stuff of taking documents that, you know, from the White House that he shouldn't have taken and the FBI raid? What about what, what's going on in Washington, D.C. Um, with the, with a broader kind of federal investigation and so on? But this was the first one, the Manhattan uh, district attorney investigating a hush money of $130,000 to, uh, I guess her name is Stephanie something, her, her actual name goes by Stormy Daniels and the whole issue of Michael Cohen going to prison for that, being the former lawyer, and uh, the fact that he served time for that, but Donald Trump has not. So this is what they've been investigating. At any rate, hence today, the announcement of the um, – of, of the indictment. But again, we won't know, or at least I don't know at the moment, maybe it's not going to be revealed for several days, when did the actual grand jury this morning, yesterday, when was it that they made the decision? Because a lot of these things are leaked out. I think today's announcement came from a New York Times reporter, perhaps. At any rate, we sent out an email today um, that 
I was devising for my daughter to send out. And I was thinking, well, what if we gave today's cosmic calendar in an email and tomorrow's and we made the title major alignments today. And so this was yesterday, having no idea that this would happen and major alignments today. What happened today? Mercury and Vesta made at their annual conjunction in Aries today. Then later, just a couple hours ago, which they're still together, Venus and Uranus came together in Taurus. These are major alignments affecting all of us in America. Venus, the planet of love, of money, of sensitivity, of caring, of creative artistry, and so many other things. With Uranus, the planet of revolution, discovered March 13, 1781. I'll be sharing a lot more about Uranus and its discovery chart in my a forthcoming podcast on Chiron. I've shared a lot about the Uranus discovery chart before, and it happened in 1781 when the tides turned and America defeated England um, in our American Revolution. So Uranus has a lot of meanings. Surprise, shockwaves, intuition, rules radio, television, high-tech realities. Look at all the high-tech advantages we've had, all these different discoveries, innovations, Um, But it's also a planet where we never know what's going to happen. That's why often when I see Uranus being very strong, I use the phrase expecting the unexpected. And today, Venus, the planet of love and creativity and sensitivity, by the way, when Donald Trump was born, June 14, 1946, he's born with Venus conjunct Saturn in the sign Cancer, exactly on the United States Mercury from July 4th, 1776. As I said before, and we'll get into a whole lot more about this, um, I've studied most of the presidents of the United States, and I do have a whole book-length manuscript that I wrote 20 years ago pending to get out to everybody when I sort of review the charts, 38 charts, the destiny of America. And I studied particularly the assassination of all these different figures, Abraham Lincoln, Garfield, McKinley, uh, John F. Kennedy, and so on, but other presidents and so on, and their birth their birth charts and inaugural charts and so on. So it's a book-length manuscript. Uh, The only reason I'm bringing that up is that Uranus and its discovery plays a whole lot having to do with these shocking moments. This is definitely a shocking moment because regardless of what happens with this trial, and again, every person who's indicted is presumed innocent till they go through the trial and so on. And and obviously, this could take a really long time. This particular uh, trial and so on, it's not going to be one of these things Most likely, it will not be on television like the OJ trial and some of these other trials. I mean, maybe it would be, but usually I would think the judge, you know, whoever, when it gets to that point, and if any other trials happen with Donald Trump, well, he might actually want it, you know, because he has been a TV star, The Apprentice, and The Celebrity Apprentice for 14 years. I mean, Donald Trump, aside from his background in business and real estate and casinos and, um, all of his buildings, the Trump Towers, and so many other things. He spent 14 years on television on NBC, The Apprentice and The Celebrity Apprentice, which is why he's a he's a household name and personality well before he became president. As I said before, his chart in so many different ways connects up more than any other president or any other person I've ever seen connecting to the U.S. chart. So this is why he was president, he was able to defeat Hillary Clinton, then he lost to Joe Biden, at least some as most people think, some people believe it was fixed and he didn't. So you're entitled to that belief as you investigate if that's what you want. And now he's running again. By the way, people say, well, he can't run if he were in jail, whatever. Go back to the early 1900s. There was a guy who was a socialist named Eugene Debs, 
from 1920, I believe he ran several times, but when he ran in 1920, um, which was uh, an election that um, actually was interesting, uh, FDR ran for vice president at that point, and that was when Warren Harding won that election. Then he died three years later. We've got Calvin Coolidge. That's another person. Part of the, the president's dying off is a whole other thing that astrologers have investigated. It's connected to what are called the Jupiter-Saturn cycles every 20 years. And in 1841, um, we had uh, we had the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions that take place every 20 years in Earth signs. And war, uh, William Henry Harrison, who had been a war hero, was elected president. And he the amazing thing was this was at the time of this beginning of these Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions and Earth signs, and William Henry Harrison gave the longest speech of any president and then caught a cold, a flu bug, and literally died a month later. That's when we got President John Tyler. So that was 1841. And then we had the presidents dying in office, which other people have called Tecumseh's curse. You can look back at all this. And when President Lincoln uh, came into the presidency with the Civil War, then Right after his second inauguration, he was assassinated, as all as you, as all, all of you know, by John Wilkes Booth, whether a conspiracy or not. And then 20 years after that, we got another presidential assassination, James Garfield. And then 20 years later, um, William McKinley was shot in Buffalo at an exposition leading to Theodore Roosevelt becoming president. So all these deaths of presidents were happening with Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions in Earth, and the Jupiter-Saturn cycles um, in any element lasts for about 180 years. The whole cycle is approximately 784 years. I've shared about this before, other astrologers as well. It's almost an 800-year cycle. Jupiter and Saturn are the movers and shakers. They're the largest planets. If you decide to get one of 13 different readings or 14 readings I have, which are in the astrology shop, phone consultations, I've just added seven more consultations having to do with midpoints and uh, the asteroids in Chiron and progressions and many other kinds of areas of astrology, esoteric astrology and so on, even fixed stars, or just getting a whole reading on your natal chart, your progressions and so on. So there's many different readings that I have. Um, so I'm just bringing this all to your attention because um, Jupiter and Saturn in all of our charts, Jupiter is a 12-year cycle, approximately Saturn a 29-year cycle. And so for the presence of the United States, when Jupiter and Saturn were in Earth signs, these presidents every 20 years were dying in office, including Warren Harding in 1920, uh, died a couple of years later, and then we got Calvin Coolidge. And then in the 1940s, President Roosevelt had four terms, but eventually during his last term, which started in 1945, which was during a, a void moon, then he died of a cerebral hemorrhage. And then 20 years later, John F. Kennedy, as we all know, was murdered horribly in Dallas. So um, that that pretty much ended these cycles of presidents dying. But uh, as I'll report in a moment, this is really remarkable. Today is March 30th, okay? On March 30th of 1981, President Reagan, who had be beaten Jimmy Carter the previous November, and remember John Lennon had been assassinated uh, by Mark David Chapman on December 8th of 1980, okay? It was announced um, during Monday Night Football, terrible, horrible thing, John Lennon dying. And then a couple of months later, after President Reagan was inaugurated on January 20th, 1981, just 10... Uh, Two, two months and 10 days later, on March 30th, which is the anniversary of that date today, John Hinckley, 
who was obsessed with Jodie Foster, shot President Reagan, uh, wounded um, several other people as the president was coming out of a meeting, President Reagan, and President Reagan almost lost his life, one of the bullets from John Hinckley. And I'll bring this up uh, in GPS Astrology coming up in the next issue. It was never something I wrote about in Welcome Planet Earth, partly because Welcome Planet Earth began a few months later. But that was also a major Chiron event and an extraordinary thing of these two assassins, uh, John Hinckley, or almost assassins, and Mark David Chapman, who were literally born two months apart, um, which I hadn't realized. And it's a fascinating study, fascinating and horrible at the same time. But while everybody's focused right now, wow, Donald Trump indicted, what, what could happen? Well, there's a void moon, maybe nothing will happen. What's going to happen with these other cases? What's going to happen in a few days when he goes to New York City, assuming he does go and turn himself in? It's, it's definitely true that his lawyers know about all this. And I'm going to read you some of these reports that I downloaded um, here just so that you know, like, this is sort of on the fly, but I'm trying to give you as much information. And we're going to get into some of these charts. At any rate, today, I didn't know I had written the Cosmic Calendar several weeks ago. And we did send this out with a, with a keynote or a subject line saying major astrological alignments. I had no idea that this was going to happen, at least not consciously. So yes, today is a date of major alignments. The announcement was made during what we might call a void lunar cycle, okay, with the moon at the very last degree of the sign Cancer about to go opposite Pluto. So I've, I've started talking again about Pluto. By the way, Pluto will come back almost exactly to its own position in the U.S. birth chart in the fall within about a quarter of a degree of its position. So we're not done with the Pluto, death, rebirth, transformation, metamorphosis, mystery, secrets, nuclear energy, uh, Pluto, extreme wealth, or the, the opposite. Hence the banking crises, all these different things that are coming up. And let's not forget Neptune in the last year or two went opposite its own position by transit to the U.S. Neptune, which was in Virgo in July 4th of 1776. Again, these were not planets that the astrologers at that time knew about. We didn't know Uranus was in existence until 1781, a couple years after the discovery, um, after America won the war. That was the year that Uranus was discovered in March of 1781. And then six months later, our country won that war where Cornwallis surrendered at Yorktown. And then we began our sort of rise to power um, as a world entity. You know, it took a long time because 1781, there still had to be a peace treaty in 1783. Um, then there was a constitutional convention. You can go back and study all this in 1787. And then nine of the 13 states uh, ratified that in the summer of 1788. And then that started the whole ball rolling of a chart that I'll talk about of George Washington taking the first oath of office on April 30th of 1789, which is a chart I call the chart of presidential power. So I'm getting into all of these things to try and give you a preliminary report um, now about all of this. I'm going to shift away from the cycles today. I was just looking. I, I have something on my computer where it, it allows me to see what are the changing circumstances of various charts So um, and where things are at the moment. So we're going to go into some of these charts, and um, I'll have to sort of go into it one by one. But let me start with something. I'll tell you what I'm going to do here. Well, I'm going to go back to my phone. Here, just so you know, this is what I downloaded in the last couple hours. And by the way, I will be doing a banking crisis 
um, podcast that I've been working on for several weeks. That's very important because we're having five big eclipses. The first one is going to happen April 19th, 20th at the 30th degree of Aries. We'll talk more about that in the next podcast. And I also shared about this on two programs, just so you know. I was on Coast to Coast, where I've been on there now 43 times, Coast to Coast AM. So you're probably familiar with that. And with George Norrie, I've been fortunate to be on there since 2004, Interestingly, because I'm talking about Mars, the night I was on the first time was an accident. I got a call from the producer, still wonderful producer, who's called me every time and arranged for my being on the show. And it was in the summer, uh, and it was in the Leo sunshine time period of 2004. And I remember because somebody dropped out, and I get this call from the producer saying, hey, can you be on the show? It's like we heard good things about you. And that's when I presented a lot of information about mundane Earth astrology, the astrology of eclipses, new moons, full moons, um, world leaders, and so on, which was the bread and butter and the focus of Welcome to Planet Earth, the, the newsletter newspaper magazine that I was fortunate enough to publish with a whole lot of great astrologers in the 80s and 90s. And then we stopped doing that for various reasons, but the cosmic calendar, as I said, has gone on now for 41 years. But nevertheless, um, What's intriguing about all this is that um, the planet Mars, okay, traditionally having ruled agriculture and warriors and the muscles of the body and assertiveness and so many other things, our passion for life has so many meanings. Mars has also become a symbol of, of war, okay? It has a lot to do with our anger issues, our volatility, but when it's working well, our passions, which are controlled, the whole idea of being assertive without necessarily being aggressive. There's so many keynotes of Mars that can be pow uh, powerful and helpful, particularly leadership. But at the same time, Mars can represent a lot having to do with volatility. And so I want to get into something that I discovered when my brother Wayne Moody and I, we've been doing Out of Bounds, two, two, two guys looking at sports and astrology. Okay, so we've done a whole bunch of podcasts. Part of that is on YouTube at Mark Lerner um, Astrology Tarot, and it's also within our podcast at Mark Lerner Astrology Radio, Astroscope. So that's Brother Wayne Moody and myself, plus we're about to do another one that'll be in GPS Astrology and hopefully more down the road. At any rate, talk a lot about Mars because of the Ukraine war and a lot of what's been happening with the U.S. Mars, its natal position, the transits of Mars, and where Mars is going. So back to that in a moment. Just remember the keynote I want to get into has to do with solar arc Mars, and I've now discovered even more things about what we call solar arc Mars and other solar arcs. So today, here, I'm just going to mention the titles since around 3 o'clock this afternoon Pacific time. Um, from what's called smartnews.com. Donald Trump indicted, sources say, becoming first U.S. president charged with a crime. So then we go to the next one. Uh, what's the next one? Trump releases furious statement on grand jury indictment from the Huffington Post. Okay, then uh, this is slightly different. White House issues urgent warning to all U.S. citizens in Russia leave immediately, which has nothing to do with Donald Trump. It has to do, by the way, earlier today, maybe this was sort of like a, a warning again about the volatility between Russia and America and so on. A wash, uh, let's see, a Wall Street Journal reporter in eastern Russia was arrested on spying charges. So now we've got another one of these things. Remember, um, the basketball player um, 
the, the woman basketball player uh, who was taken by the Russians last year, and then we had to make this whole trade going on there, which was a terrible thing last year. It was resolved. She was released. and But we had to take an actual really bad guy from the Russians um, and release him in order to get her home. Uh, so again, Doc, then Donald Trump indicted by Manhattan grand jury, another downloaded story. Elon Musk is very worried about the U S dollar. Okay. So every day we hear about that, by the way, I have a couple of podcasts on Elon Musk and Tesla and Bitcoin. You want to get into Elon Musk? Uh, there's two podcasts on him. Trump lashes out at, quote, radical left monsters, unquote, after grand jury indictment. Okay, so that's another title. Donald Trump grand jury indictment, quote, advances his 2024 chances, unquote, but is a moral disaster, unquote, for countries, says GOP expert. Grand jury indicts Donald Trump in New York, first time a foreign president is charged criminally, liberal legal professor who voted for Biden says Trump indictment is weakest case he's ever seen. Okay. Uh, Trump indictment follows 50 years of investigation on many fronts from the Washington Post. Grand jury votes to indict Donald Trump from the Wall Street Journal. Manhattan DA wanted a Friday Trump arrest, which would be tomorrow, but Trump's team said no. That's from Politico. Mary Trump, which is his niece, okay, hails news of Donald's indictment, quote, finally some measure of justice, unquote. Now, having said all that, um, there was a book that came out a number of years ago. Um, this particular doctor at Yale um, brought 27 doctors in. They, I got the book. I haven't, haven't ever read it, but all about a possible psychological or psychiatric understanding of Donald Trump's behavior. And again, one thing about all this is you may have heard of what's called the Goldwater rule of, of psychologists not reporting about the qualities of anybody running for office. And just so you know where all this comes from, in other words, this book was published, a hardcover book, a couple, several years ago. It was organized by a doctor at Yale, okay, professor. She got 27 doctors across the spectrum to be reporting, hey, Donald Trump has these issues like uh, split personality, megalomania, whatever it was that they were trying to all talk about. And by the way, that doctor recently, unless it was changed, lost her tenure. Okay, Yale, maybe because of the controversy and the fact that she brought all these people together and was very insistent about it and published all this when Donald Trump was president, um, she, I believe, lost her tenure at Yale. So you could look into all of that. There's a Goldwater rule. What is the Goldwater rule? In 1964, okay, when John F. Kennedy was murdered, part of the reason he was going to Texas was he wanted to shore up Texas. Um, that's when he was killed in Dallas. And again, on the day that Chiron was not moving. So please listen to the podcast I recently did, The Wound That Never Heals, about um, JFK and Chiron not moving, um, which is based on a cover article I did at the end of Welcome to Planet Earth. Um, so you can see that in the podcast section. Um, please listen to that because it's based on what what happened to me when I was 13 and that occurred and I heard the announcement at school and it affected my life ever since. And so I've studied the John F. Kennedy birth chart and assassination chart along with nuclear, what's called the nuclear axis about atomic energy. Those two areas are my main areas that I've put hours and hours, if not, I mean, weeks, months, years, putting into my study of all these. And they are connected. And John F. Kennedy, 
particularly through the Cuban Missile Crisis and what happened during his presidency, is intimately connected to the whole issue of atomic energy and nuclear energy, which, of course, we're still dealing with now almost every single day because of Vladimir Putin, Ukraine having Chernobyl uh, and the Zaporizhia largest nuclear facility. There's so many things having to do with nuclear energy that's part of the whole Ukraine invasion that's not often talked about. Sometimes it is. But often we're focused on other things, the deaths, the struggles, Zelensky versus Putin, Xi coming over there just recently to work with Putin and so on, and or have a, have a meeting with him. That happened right at the equinox when the sun entered Aries on March 20th, March 21. We had the equinox. We had uh, a new moon the following day. By the way, a lot of what's happening with this whole indictment and a lot of the, the these issues I brought up about Netanyahu, uh, about Macron, about these riots in France, and thousands and thousands of people in Israel rioting against uh, Netanyahu and uh, demonstrating with the Israeli flags and so on, stopping traffic, airports not functioning. I mean, the same thing kind of happening in France. Part of this is because when we had the equinox, which is just simply the sun entering Aries, it was the dark of the moon. It was the end of the moon cycle. The very next day, we had a new moon on March 21. And Jupiter and Saturn, the movers and shakers, moved exactly 45 degrees apart, what's called the semi-square. Then we had Pluto beginning to go into Aquarius. And it's and part of the other issue here about Trump, uh, Donald Trump being uh, indicted is when people are looking at Pluto and Aquarius, which is going to take a year or two before it gets solidly happening, um, it'll take 20 years. Okay, so Pluto can be in a sign for as little as 11 years when it was in Scorpio or as much as 31 years when Pluto's in, in Taurus. This has to do with the fact that Pluto's 3 billion miles away and has an anomalous orbit. It's not orbiting in the same plane as most of the other planets. It's got this unusual arc. So does Pallas Athena, by the way. So not every single celestial body is moving in the same plane. Okay, so Pluto deviates very much. Back in the time of 1989, when Pluto uh, was in Scorpio, um, again, during its shortest cycle through a sign, that was 11 years, Pluto was at perihelion. But far out into the future when Pluto's in Taurus, it will spend over 30 years in a sign. So Pluto into Aquarius is just beginning, but then Pluto will go backtrack into late Capricorn uh, later this year, starting in June. And then the fall, we'll have Pluto almost back to where it was in the U.S. chart. So again, we're not done with the Pluto return. As I said earlier, we got Neptune opposing R.O. Neptune. The last time that happened was like 1859 and the beginning of the Civil War. And Neptune, if we use the chart that we've been using for the USA from July 4th, 1776, has approximately 24 degrees at the IC or the fourth house, and that's exactly where Neptune is transiting now, opposite its own position. Plus, we now have found, in 1998, this other planet that's literally called chaos. And I've shared about it before, and I wish the astronomers would not just come up with these names because the word chaos does not imply uh, coordination and focus and love and understanding. And going back to ancient Greece and where that concept originated of chaos was more like a confusion or nebulosity or a whole lot of unsettled conditions before the world or before the earth and the solar system all came together. Uh, again, I don't think that this planet that's called chaos, which has a 309 year cycle and was discovered within one day of, by the way, in Scorpio of Joe Biden's birthday. Okay. 
Joe Biden was born November 20th of 1942, and chaos was discovered November 19 of 1998. So when we think of like chaotic conditions, why is Joe Biden president at, at this older age of 80 when he was trying to run and he wasn't able to become president? When he was running in 1968 and other time periods, why suddenly is he there? Why is he in that position? So somehow or another, that's a whole other thing. It has to do with Joe Biden being a sun sign Scorpio, where his son is conjunct Venus. Um, this is a whole other issue. Like, why is he and Zelensky, why are they close? Why is that strengthening NATO? Well, it turns out that uh, Zelensky, president of Ukraine, is born on the day of a Sun-Venus conjunction in Aquarius. Joe Biden is born on a Sun at a Sun-Venus conjunction Scorpio. These conjunctions of Sun-Venus only happen every nine and a half months. But President Trump was born with Venus conjunct Saturn. President Trump has Mars rising, okay, in in Leo in his chart. President Trump is having um, the sol his solar arc. Okay, so let's get into this, and then I want to talk about the solar arc for the United States, which is actually a bigger issue. But it was only right before I started doing this particular podcast that I realized something. Um, okay, so I've known about President Trump's chart for a long time. One, he's born on the day of a total lunar eclipse. He's a sun sign Gemini, moon and Sagittarius. When you look at the other podcasts I've done, you can hear what I have to say about that, and so on. But um, Donald Trump, born June 14, 1946, is also born when three planets are not moving, which is very unusual. It's unusual for most people don't have any planet stationary. John F. Kennedy had Mercury and Uranus. I have Uranus not moving. Um, it, it's very rare for somebody to have three planets not moving. It turns out Donald Trump has Jupiter not moving, literally on the day of his birth, Jupiter not moving which sometimes people are born very close to a station, it may be yourself, within a day, within two days, within three days, that's still a station because planets really don't move for several days. Stationary celestial bodies, whether they're Mercury or Venus or Mars or outer planets, make those planetary energies extra powerful. And when I got into astrology 50 years ago, particularly through Dane Rudyard, Eleanor Bach, Dr. Mark Edmund Jones, Evangeline Adams, so many great astrologers, Charles Carter, Alan Leo, Great Britain. All these great astrologers, by the way, again, I have my classes, School of Planetary Studies, so if you want to get into not just 36 one-hour classes, which are now in MP3 files, lesson notes and charts, it's not just Mark Lerner teaching you, it's all these other great astrologers. So that's also a bargain. Used to be over $700. They used to be on cassette tape, because that's when I created them, 1980s. Then they became CDs, and now they're MP3 files. So you can see on, on our Great Bear Enterprises website, School of Planetary Studies. You want to start learning astrology and learn from myself, but also I'm on the shoulders of these giants. Then you're going to get a fantastic education. So again, it's only $299. used to be $750. Okay, so Donald Trump has this chart. You can look at it. Um, with these other podcasts, maybe you know his chart. You can also go to folder 112 and look at his natal chart. But what I'm telling you, and I, didn't, I can't load it up now, but maybe in part two. So I checked out just before I started doing this. Oh, by the way, just to get extra information about his chart, where is his what's called solar arc progress Mars? Now, again, what is it? We give you a term, solar arc progressions. A lot of you don't focus on your progressions at all. The normal or regular progressions that most people hear about are called secondary progressions, where we go back to when you were born, 
your month, day, and year, and then we go each day, week, and month after your birth in the year you're born, where each day equals a year of your life. That's called secondary progressions. They've been used for hundreds of years. But maybe about 100 years ago, 50 years ago, particularly uh, uh, we, we've had certain experts who've been able to share about this. Okay, So uh, solar arc progressions, what happens is you move all of the planets in your chart how far the sun has moved by progression. So if you're approximately 50 years old because the sun moves about one degree per day after you're born, let's say you're 50 years old, solar arcs move every planet in your chart by 50 degrees. So you're moving everything based on the sun, okay? So um, that's a specialty type of progression. And normally I don't do that, but I can, I can easily do it. It's just another chart. What most people do, like yourself perhaps, whether you're an astrologer or you go to an astrologer, are what we call the transits. And a hundred years ago and before that, transits were not as utilized, not that astrologers couldn't focus, but back in time, it was more like the progressions, going back to your birth year. One each day after birth is a year of your life, what are called secondary progressions or solar arc progressions. Astrologers were progressing the chart because part of it was like, it's not that people weren't actively doing things and their lives changing. Most people lived in their same communities. They, there was no airplane, you know, in the 1800s television, radio, and so on. People mostly stayed in their areas unless they were sailing somewhere or some kind of pestilence was happening. But it was a different time period, so people's lives are a little bit more sedate. So when astrologers would look at a king or a queen or a you know, business person or whatever it is, or a famous individual of some kind, and that's what was usually done unless they had personal clients, you know, that would come to them, the name of the game was, okay, here's your birth chart, month, day, and year, approximate time the person was born, and longitude and latitude. And then a progress chart would be created to look at the deeper psychological, emotional, spiritual enfoldment of that individual. Transits was sort of extra. Okay, plus, remember, if we go back to the 1800s, Pluto wasn't discovered till 1930. Neptune wasn't discovered till 1846. Um, Uranus, 1781. So these were new planetary energies, and... Yet the older astrology of the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, the seven sort of sacred planetary spheres, that was what the fundamental astrology was. And so astrologers were working over the course of time with getting things more accurate and then looking at progression. So transits is relatively new. But solar arc progressions, which is a version of progressions, is also very new. So two things. So so here's the deal on if you... You're not going to see this, but I'm looking at it right now. Donald Trump's solar arc progressions as of today. Now, remember, this is March 30th, 2023, and I just told you, on this date in 1981, President Reagan almost died because John Hinckley, obsessed with Jodie Foster, shot at him, and I'm going to get into that another time. And a couple of months before, Mark David Chapman, whose hero had been John Lennon, wound up getting angry at him, shot him at, in front of the Dakota Hotel in New York, and killed him. So the death of John Lennon, December 8 of 1980, and then the near death of Ronald Reagan, March 30th of 1981, which is what, 42 years ago to the day today. And I'm sure if, if from the truth social and everything else, Donald Trump's words is basically, they're assassinating me. You know, the, the, I'm in, he, all of the information he's putting out, whether correct or not, I'm innocent, 
witch hunt. They're trying to get rid of me, right? Well, 42 years ago today, John Hinckley, obsessed with Jodie Foster and a whole bunch of crazy things, winds up shooting the president of the United States, injuring two or three people very, very terribly, uh, particularly Jim Brady. And so there's this whole Brady law, you know, never fully recovered, um, shot in the head uh, that John can, John quick. Uh, John Hinckley's like five shots, and one of them was within an inch or so of President Reagan's heart. Um, and again, President did one of his quips and jokes about, he did a couple of things. Honey, I ducked when he talked to his wife, Nancy Reagan. The other thing, when he went in the hospital, apparently he said something like, how many of you surgeons are Republicans? And they all laughed, you know what I mean? But it was he could have easily died. And that didn't happen. Okay, now remember, Lincoln had died from assassination Garfield died from assassination. McKinley had died from assassination. Um, back in 1841, William Henry Harrison, who gave the long speech, got a cold, died a month later. Um, Warren Harding became president in 1920, died of, I think it was poisoning in 1923. Coolidge took over. Then we had Franklin Roosevelt, four terms during his last term, started January of 1945. Roosevelt didn't survive that, had a cerebral hemorrhage died April 12, 1945, we get Harry Truman, and then 20 years later, John F. Kennedy's murdered in Dallas. So this had to do with Jupiter and Saturn in Earth signs. We don't have that anymore. Now we have Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius. And this is the other thing I wanted to bring up before I mentioned the Mars thing. December at the, at the solstice in, in 2020, okay? This was one month before we had the insurrection, January 6th at the Capitol, okay? Jupiter and Saturn came into a conjunction. It's starting the air sign Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions going well into the 22nd century. The Jupiter-Saturn conjunction was like at a third of a degree of Aquarius, zero plus Aquarius. That's where Pluto is now and will go back and forth for next year and here. So it's not just Pluto going into Aquarius, aha, you know, Pluto, death or new birth, the underworld, extremes and so on, nuclear, um, the fears about all that the underworld coming up, extremes of wealth, poverty, and all that. So Pluto going to Aquarius, which is a universal air sign, a lot of astrologers, you're going to see a lot of things about, oh, this is what it means, that's what it means. Keep in mind, two big, big things for Americans. Zero plus Aquarius is where the sun will be on January 20th of 2025, when the next president is inaugurated. Four years later, January 20th of 2029, the next president after that, the sun will be at zero Aquarius. So at the next one in particular, okay, there'll be a Sun-Pluto conjunction within about two or three degrees, January of 2025. The Sun will be at one of Aquarius. But the point is that's the Jupiter-Saturn position from December of 2020, which starts this cycle of 160 to 180 years. So we can't stop that. And now Pluto is sitting on that degree, okay? So it's not just Pluto going to a new sign, leaving an Earth sign going into an air sign. And what that might mean philosophically, spiritually, globally, whatever, groups, communities being affected because it's Aquarius. Just remember, in America, we used to have presidents being inaugurated on March 4th. When when Abraham, uh, when Abraham uh, George Washington was inaugurated, that was an anomaly, April 30th, 1789, because he couldn't get from Virginia to, to New York. There was no, uh, excuse me, there was no Washington, D.C. So... He was only able to get there April 30th, 1789. He took the oath of office in New York City. So let's not forget that. Look at what happened today in New York. By the way, 
from a sports angle, because this often is weird and synchronistic. I shouldn't say weird. The Yankees played the San Francisco Giants today at Yankee Stadium, opening up the spring, uh, you know, Major League Baseball uh, campaign. They've changed a bunch of rules. The Yankees won five to nothing. But what's interesting about this is that back in on October 13th of 1962, the day that the Cuban Missile Crisis um, started 13 days, October 16 of 1962, and I've shared this before, and particularly studied this with my, my brother Wayne Moody about astrology and sports, that was the end and it, in San Francisco of the 1962 World Series where the Yankees were playing the Giants. And when they got back to San Francisco after being at Yankee Stadium, the Yankees were up, but it started raining for several days. So they had to keep delaying the games. And then the Giants got won the sixth game. So the seventh game of that World Series wound up being literally the day that John F. Kennedy received the reports about missiles in Cuba. So that was October 16 of 1962, right? And in the last 24, 48 hours, Putin in Russia has been signaling again with the last weekend, hey, we're stationing nuclear missiles in Belarus. We're doing this about nuclear stuff. There was um, an international investigator from the UN, the IAEA, just showed up at Zaporizhia in Ukraine to investigate what's going on there, warning, hey, you guys can't be firing all these things and having all these battles at this, uh, the largest nuclear facility in all of Europe. I realize this is a lot of material, but also in the last 48 hours, Donald Trump said, hey, I could solve the uh, Ukraine war in 24 hours. This, this was just another one of these things. Really? You know, again, we know that we know that Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin have a strong connection. By the way, their connection is through Mars very much. Vladimir Putin has Mars at the Galactic Center in Sagittarius at 27 degrees, which, by the way, is a similar position to what Stalin had. And we know Putin has now been president for like 20 plus years. And Stalin was president for 20 or leader, dictator of, of the Soviet Union for 29 years. At any rate, I've studied the charts of Putin, Stalin, Lenin, and so on, and the history of Russia. That's all very powerful. And it's not, uh, I mean, we all know that the connection between Donald Trump as president of the United States and Vladimir Putin was a much more personal one-on-one -on -one thing. Um, that others that other presidents have avoided. Not that we we don't negotiate with the leader of Russia, but you remember that Donald Trump did the same thing with Kim Jong Un, Jong Un going over there. Other our other presidents before that never went over to shake his hand or so on. So we know that Donald Trump is a more transactional person. He's brought that to the presidency. Hey, I'll go out on a limb. I'll do this and that. And again, this is horrifying for some people in, in administrations. Hey. We're giving these leaders, you know, we're giving them extra credit. We're making them think that it's okay to keep being authoritarian. And then on other, from other positions like, well, maybe it's okay for two people to talk, you know, get, get beyond all this. So again, we have a division in our country on the whole issue, the extreme Republicans, extreme Democrats, behavior of one president versus another president, so on. So let me just tell you the solar arc so that you understand. I know it takes a little while here. So I just did the solar arc progressions for Donald Trump. Normally, I'm looking at his natal chart, and I'm comparing that to the USA chart. That's what I think a lot of astrologers into mundane astrology would be doing. You look at transits to Donald Trump's chart, maybe his um, solar return, 
you know, when the sun comes back, that's a chart that often affects the whole year. You'd look at his transits and progressions. But normally I'm looking at secondary progressions, which is the main system. For another reason, which I'll tell you in a moment, which is really crucial, I decided to look at Mars. So here's the deal on that. In the uh, chart, what we call Donald Trump's solar arc progressions as of today, okay, as of right now, and this position was also true last week when he said, hey, I'm going to get indicted, and he wasn't. And this position I'm about to mention will also be the case next week. Remember, I just read you something that said um, that the DA wanted to indict him tomorrow, and he and his lawyers refused. And maybe it's because they want great publicity. And you see, if it had happened tomorrow, you know what happens on Friday? Things often get buried. I believe, um, this is just my view here, that Donald Trump does not at all want this to be something like on a Friday night where people are focused on sports and so on. He wants this front and center. It's part of the whole thing, his his lawyer friend who passed away, Roy Cohn, you can see a whole documentary about who, uh, where is my Roy Cohn? I think it's on Showtime or HBO. It's very fascinating. And Roy Cohn was this very belligerent lawyer, worked with the McCarthy, okay, Joseph McCarthy during the Red Scare of the 50s. He was a young lawyer at that point. And then years later, when as a New York lawyer, he met Donald Trump. And he's... Roy, Con- Roy Cohn's philosophy was you never surrender. You just keep on pushing, you know, like I didn't do anything wrong. You don't submit to anything. You are aggressive. You, you know, this is the extreme Mars position. So, there, you know, Mars, when it's assertive, leadership, being athletic, okay, uh, having passions for things, then Mars functions well. Any planet, and it could be Jupiter, it could be Venus, Pluto, Neptune, Uranus, the moon, the sun. There's no, you know, it's not like Venus is always good. It's not. Jupiter, always good? No. Mars and Saturn? Yeah, they have been called the traditional malefics, but they have a lot of sterling qualities. But I work a lot with with the tones and the, the qualities and so on. This is why if you order a phone consultation with me, just remember, you're going to be sending me information uh, it's not like reading in a crystal ball. It's never been that. I'm a problem solver. I need to know why do you want the reading? You know, how much astrology have you studied? What's your general health? Um, what are your main hobbies? What's your work, your job, your career? What do you want to bring up in the session? What are your key questions? So everybody gets this note from me after you order, whether it's for a 45-minute reading, an hour, an hour and a half. It's going to be one of two sessions, whether it has to do with business, love, travel, health, whatever it is. I ask everybody the same questions. Hey, send me this information. You can make it as short or as long as you want because I want to be a problem solver. Okay, so I'm not saying you have to order a phone consultation. I'm just saying if that's what you choose to do because of listening to this or these other podcasts or looking at the website, please know you know that it's a very thoughtful, and thorough examination based on your chart and your cycles. So it turns out that the, the solar arc progressed Mar, Mars, there are other positions in this chart, is 10 degrees, 10 plus of Scorpio. So if you do the solar arc chart by itself for Donald Trump, you'll look at 10 plus of Scorpio. But what you have to do is compare that to this natal chart. And in his natal chart, Donald Trump has Pluto at 10 plus of Leo in his 12th house. Okay, so solar arc Mars, this is one of the key ways to progress a chart 
Remember, as I said, there's transits, there's your natal chart, and there are different kinds of progressions. So the secondary progressions, I'm not going to get into all those now, but those are significant in his chart as well. Just to say what it is, Donald Trump's secondary progressions, just to give you one hint, which is amazing, in his progress chart as of now, he has a moon Chiron conjunction. This is in secondary progressions, Donald Trump, at 19 plus and 20 of Libra. And the reason that's significant is that the United States Juno Chiron opposition from July 4th, 1776, is where Donald Trump's secondary progressed Chiron has activated this opposition in the U.S. chart of Chiron and Juno, which has a lot to do with tensions, particularly about healing the country and the split of the country and things that are have to do with justice and fairness and balance. And the president's progressed moon in the secondary progressions is conjuncting that Chiron. That can only happen every like 27 years. Okay. And the progressed moon, this is the secondary moon for the president, for former president, just went over his stationary Jupiter in the last two weeks, perhaps making the president feel, former president, hey, I'm invulnerable, I've got superpowers, this, you know, this is not going to be a negative thing for me one way or another, or maybe somehow it'll all work to my advantage. But back to the um, solar arc energy, and there's a major reason I'm bringing this up that has nothing to do with him. It's just that today, I... This is the thing that happened. So what is 10 plus a Scorpio, okay, in his chart? As I said, he doesn't have anything necessarily in his chart at 10 plus a Scorpio, all right? But what he does have is he has his Pluto at 10 plus of Leo. And this is, means that Mars is exactly squaring or about to exactly square his natal Pluto, okay? And his natal Pluto is in Leo in the 12th house. But get this, in his own birth chart, Former President Trump has his Mars-Saturn midpoint, the middle point. Again, I've worked with midpoints. It's a whole other thing about the middle points. So if you want a, a session or two on your midpoints, which are kind of the underlying structure of the chart, there's dozens of midpoints, Mars and Saturn, Venus and the Sun, Moon and Jupiter, and so on, and with angles as well. So there are dozens of natal midpoints that are functioning and coordinating who you are. They're affecting you. And if you've never studied midpoints, I've studied them for 50 years. It's a big area of astrology. It's more complex, but it can be done. And if you do order one of these, you get a midpoint listing and so on. You learn all about that. This is underlying your chart in your subconscious and your instincts on a soul spiritual level. You got your natal chart, you got your different kinds of progressions, you got your transits. If you don't know your midpoints, you're missing an enormous thing. So Donald Trump is not only having solar arc progressed Mars, this has never happened before, exactly squaring his natal Pluto from 10 plus a Scorpio, 10 plus Leo. His natal Pluto is in the 12th house. And what's the midpoint? Not that there has to be one. His Mars-Saturn midpoint is exactly on his Pluto. So when Donald Trump came into the world, underneath his Pluto or with his Pluto in the 12th house, an area often considered hidden things, Pluto, God of the underworld, intensity, will, purpose, power. I mean, Donald Trump is a billionaire. He's got a lot of money, got a lot of influence. So that could be very good, be very bad, very negative, very positive, depending on how you look at it. The Mars-Saturn, take those two planets. Okay, when he was born, he's born with Saturn conjunct Venus in, in Cancer. He's got Mars and Leo. But when you merge them together, which is what the midpoint is, there's two spots. 
One is called the near midpoint, the other is the far midpoint. The near midpoint, the closer midpoint of Mars and Saturn, which are the traditional malefics, if we look at that term, are with us Pluto. That is, that is what, when I studied this 50 years ago and got into all this and have been doing it for 50 years, that is, is a kind of factor. In other words, this is a midpoint um, energy field. So 10 plus of Leo... And anything squaring that, in this case, his solar arc, Mars, 10 plus Scorpio, triggers not just his Pluto, but Mars and Saturn, because that is a triple energy all sitting at the same spot. Same thing, you know, would happen if Mars was at 10 plus of Scorpio or 10 plus of Aquarius or um, 10 plus of, uh, again, of, of Leo, Leo itself, of course. Or any transit, like every year the sun will hit 10 plus of Leo and go over the president's uh, Pluto, which is his Mars-Saturn. Uh, when when the sun is in Aquarius at 10 plus of Aquarius, it goes on the far midpoint of his chart. Again, this is all stuff that happens for you. So, is the president feeling angry? Is he upset? Is he saying all these things today? You're attacking me. I'm innocent. You know, witch hunt and so on. You know, which he says very often. Of course. And the solar arc is squaring his natal Pluto, which is squaring his Mars-Saturn midpoint. So that's one of the big things going on. Now, this is the most important thing, and I'll try and connect the dots here, because I, I really don't want to um, talk too much longer. I, you know, I wanted to bring all this to your attention. I do want to mention something about the uh, presidential power chart. I've already mentioned some things about today, and this is a part one. So early January, okay, Brother William Moody and I were doing, we're about to do um, an Out of Bounds, okay, podcast. We've done them six, seven, eight, or maybe eight or nine of them now. Again, they are available in the Mark Learner Astrology Radio Astroscope section on greatparententerprise.com and also on YouTube, Mark Learner Astrology Tarot on YouTube. So I advise you to listen to that. So we were getting ready to do a podcast, two guys talking sports and astrology, and for... I was looking at the U.S. chart, but I was looking at it in a separate program that I normally don't look at, and I happened to gaze at the solar arc positions, and this is really crucial for all of you to hear, because it's the first time I'm really saying this. The solar arc positions for the United States, okay, for this year, and this was right at the beginning of the year, and we were about to do this podcast, okay, and by the way, we were about to have GPS Astrology, the third issue, come out, so that was part of it. And I look at the solar arc positions for the U.S. chart. We've been using this for decades. It was in uh, Welcome to Planet Earth. And Wayne Moody has done an enormous amount of focus. Many of you are aware of. You've seen his articles in GPS Astrology. Maybe you've seen his work separately. He had many, many articles over 20 years in Welcome to Planet Earth using the USA chart, working with the astrocartography principles. And when you look at GPS astrology, which again, remember, subscribe to it, go to the top front page, homepage of, of uh, Great Bear Enterprises, you'll see a tab, GPS astrology, go in there, subscribe, put your email, not going to hurt you, it's free, you can look at all the other three issues, you'll see the next issue coming out. And Wayne and I both have articles coming up, and again, there's an astrocartography page in there, or two pages in there, and other things about astrocartography, and he is an expert in doing that, particularly with the USA chart. Anyway, so that morning, we're about to do this podcast, and I'm, I am I just am flabbergasted, because I look at, which I hadn't looked at for a while, I mean, there's, I can't look at all these different charts and 
different progressions and solar walks and everything. There's too many charts. But I happened to see that the United States, in one of these programs, I looked at the solar arcs, and suddenly I see Mars at 26 plus degrees of Aquarius. Okay. So now I'm going to go here just so that you know one of the charts that you're going to see here, okay, um, um, that's going out like in this uh, folder. Remember, to see the charts, you want to look at the folder for 112, the podcast of currently doing. So one of the charts is a USA chart. It's really the solar arc directions as of today. Okay. Now, here's what happens. Remember, the solar arc charting thing, you move. This is true for all of our charts. If you've ever had it or will ever have it or if we do it together, whatever. If we do a solar arc progression... We move all of your natal positions, your sun, your moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Chiron, asteroids. We move that however far the sun has progressed, okay, since you were born on the day, month, and year of, of your birth. So we're going back, if you were born in 1950, 1970, whatever it is, we go back to your month, day, and year, and then we move ahead based on how old you are. Okay, so if you're 50 years old, we're moving approximately the sun will move about a degree every day. And in progressed analysis, that would be like a 50-degree movement. And then we add 50 degrees to every single planet. That's why it's called solar arc progressions. Now, we have a program. By the way, get into your progressions, one of our three-in-one report specialties for $89. Reduced from 150 We have three different things. Energize your life with Skylog, Sky Within, and numerology. We have an asteroids and... Um, Chiron Asteroids, Chiron Astrology, um, three-in-one package, which is just for women, and um, ast four asteroids in Chiron and Skylog for a year. And we've got Get Into Your Progressions, which includes a solar arc predictions by Noel Teal. Okay, he passed away. He's one of the foremost persons who have studied solar arcs. That's why Matrix Software, from my great friend and mentor Michael Erlewine, any of the reports that you order in the astrology report section right now, 25% off on individual reports, they're coming from Matrix Software, almost all of them, except for numerology. But all the reports that we sell, heaven knows what, okay, just for women, um, timeline, skylog, sky within, astrotalk, the list goes on, friends and lovers, simpaticos, those are coming from Matrix Software, one of the top astrology software providers and the individual parts are 25% off but we created a three-in-one package called get into your progressions and in that package you will get life progressions you'll get a year of timeline okay which is a terrific report that Michael Erlewine wrote himself and solar arc predictions which is a very unusual report very profound the only one we have that's solar arcs Noel Teal created that so Noel Taylor was an opera singer, was astrology, wrote a lot of amazing books. He was tremendous influence to many of us in astrology, passed away a number of years ago. Bless his soul. Any rate, so the thing is, is that to, to lead up this whole thing, as, as Wayne and I are about to do that, I get chills when I think about this, not that I'm feeling sick, but every time I get chills over the last couple of years, it's more like, hey, tell the people share, you know, whether this happens on coast to coast. And by the way, I want to also end here in a moment about the leak project. I'm going to be on there again with Rex Bear. We've been on there. I've been on there several times. He's been so kind, a great brother, just as George Norrie has been. Um, 
But Rex Bear is going to have me on on April 3rd, uh, this coming Monday, two days before GPS Astrology comes out. And I want to get it, I'm going to finish with that in a couple of minutes here. At any rate, so what's the big deal about the U.S. progressed uh, solar arc Mars? It just stunned me because I hadn't been looking at the USA solar progressions. This whole area of these progression of these podcasts, the first 17 I did, going back in May of 2019, they were all about the secondary progressions of the U.S. birth chart, not the natal chart in the United States, July 4th, 1776. I was looking at secondary progressions with the sun and particularly Pallas Athena, this very important asteroid having to do with knowledge and wisdom and problem solving and strategizing. It's a key part of my own chart because I'm born with its stationary Pallas Athena along with Uranus. And Pallas Athena is in Scorpio in my chart, trying my sun in Pisces. So part of the thing of my work in astrology is I'm not just looking at a crystal ball. That's the opposite of anything I've ever done. Unfortunately, on Coast to Coast, sometimes in the second hour, in the last few years, they want me to do like one or two minute consultations. That's not astrology. It's never been astrology. Now that we're in the Twitter universe, being on a radio show, they want entertainment. Hey, people call in. I get that. I understand that. But it's a little bit unnerving and intimidating. It's not something I really like to do. And that's not my idea, just so you know. I love George Norrie and like being on Coast to Coast. And the opportunity I have with Rex Bear particularly is is a, is different. It's more open-ended. And we don't have callers coming in. That's on YouTube again called The Leak Project. I'll get to that in a moment. So there it was, I don't know, I think it was January 2nd or 3rd. It was right at the beginning of the year. Brother Wayne and I were about to do the podcast on Out of Bounds, two guys talking sports and astrology. And I look at the U.S. chart. I look at the secondary progressions, like the transits, and I add on the solar arcs. And Mars is at 26 plus of Aquarius. And it's like, you have got to be kidding, or OMG times three exclamation points. Because what is 26 plus of Aquarius when the United States was born? We always knew for decades that that's the U.S. moon. The moon is 26 plus of Aquarius in the U.S. chart for July 4th, 1776, the Charter of Declaration of Independence. Now, does everybody use that for the United States? No, they don't. Okay. Some people want to use July 2nd. Some people uh, some people want to use August. Some people want to use the Articles of Confederation. There are all these different people who want to do different things. But fundamentally, everybody comes down. I shouldn't say everybody. Excuse me for those of you who don't accept this. Most people that I know and have coordinated with and my own personal experience, particularly with a colleague, Barry Lines, who helped to rectify the U.S. chart, and Dane Rudger, who wrote The Astrology of America's Destiny, based on Thomas Jefferson's diaries from the time, and he was the person who wrote the Declaration. And if you look at the Declaration of Independence, it says, in Congress, July 4th. 1776. It doesn't say July 2nd. It doesn't say August 2nd. Now, again, you'll find references to different people saying, well, on July 2nd, we did this. On July 4th, only, you know, there was, not everybody did such a thing until something else happened on August 2nd. It wasn't valid. The point was, and this is a unique thing for the United States. I just want to say this. What What is truly our birth, your birth, my birth, any person you who's a loved one, any person you've studied, writer, an artist, scientist, you know, or leader, whoever, friend, we declare our independence from the mother when the umbilical cord is cut and we utter our first cry. So this is a rare thing. 
We a lot of other countries have charts for, and you can find this when you study mundane astrology, when the republic was formed. I'll give you a perfect example. India and Pakistan were one country for a long time under colonial rule by Great Britain. On April 15, 1947, those countries were split. Okay. So they each have a chart for a an independent India and an independent Pakistan from, from August 15, 1947. And not to get into all of this, again, they're nuclear powers. There was an East Pakistan, which we now call Bangladesh, okay, on the western on the eastern side of India. And then the the other side, the more uh, Western area is what we now know as Pakistan. Okay, so there were two Pakistans, really, in the east and the west on either side of India. But nevertheless, independence occurred on, on August 15, 1947. Those are very powerful charts. Well, guess what? A couple of years later or later, India became a republic. A different day, a different time. So which is the chart? When they were freed and became independent on a very significant day, on August 15, 1947, from colonial rule by the United Kingdom? Or is when they constitutionally on their own said, hey, we want to be a republic? Same thing with Pakistan. So the jury is out. Okay. And we've got a lot of professional astro uh, astrologers and different charts that are used where the preferred thing is usually the Republic chart. Same thing um, with it, with um, Iraq, okay? I use a chart for February 11th of 1979 after the Shah came to the United States, whole big story there with uh, Jimmy Carter inviting the Shah to come over. Go, don't want to go into the whole history. He had cancer, went to New York. The Ayatollah came over out of exile from France on February 1, 1979. Ten days later, the former prime minister, Bakhtiar, that had been left there by the Shah, he was basically overthrown, left office. The, the army um, decided to side with the Ayatollah and the revolution, what I call revolutionary Iran became a factor on February 11th of 1979. But on April 1, that same country became a republic. Which is the chart? Okay, I still work with February 11th because I see that as the more valid day. Same thing as with Russia, okay? Gorbachev, this is 1991, Christmas Day. They lower the hammer and sickle from the USSR. They raise the Russian flag. There's an exact time. That's the chart I use for Russia. When you go into mundane astrology and other people, there's like five different other dates because they're looking at, oh, no. They don't want to use that symbolism. So again, it's not as if this is all cut and dried. However, the chart for the United States works, and July 4th, 1776, late in the afternoon, 447 in Philadelphia, this is a chart Brother Wayne and I have been using and many other astrologers for a long period of time. So at any rate, <laughs> this is the chart I'm looking at, beginning of January, and I see Mars at 26 plus of Aquarius. And immediately it's like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I haven't been watching this. But with the Pluto coming back in the United States chart, first time ever, Neptune opposing our own Neptune, Mars recently stopping, seven, several months in Gemini, Mars stopping at the United States Uranus on January 12th, the stuff about war, banking, Donald Trump issues, uh, the split in society, the school shootings, the banking crisis, we go on and on, all of these crazy things all happening, making us all worried, scared, 
you know, what's happening with our money, what's happening with inflation, what's happening with the debt ceiling, what's happening with the former president, what about our, the current president, vice president, what's happening with Vladimir Putin, what's happening with Xi, and on and on. So in the meantime, we've had all these transits, we've had other things, but out of nowhere, I suddenly realized the immensity of the Mars situation, which is the same immensity facing Trump. Donald Trump now, when he goes in and will be more more officially arrested, assuming he actually goes there and doesn't, this is the other thing, I'm not going to say he's going to do this, but ultimately, remember, he got his passports back. You know, uh, there's a lot of former leaders who just can't take this whole thing and take off and go somewhere where there's no extradition treaty. And Donald Trump has plenty of places in golf courses and hotels and other places where he'd be most welcome at some point. So, you know, my my own position, you know, my own thought process is, you know, the United States, Georgia, um, different places can do whatever they're doing. You know, hopefully we do not have violence in our own country. Um, that is not something I, I've, I wrote a whole book, Mysteries of Venus, it's out of print. And by the way, my astrology in five, which is, um, which I've done 48 or 49 of these five minute, uh, uh, episodes. So aside from all the podcasts, 100 plus podcasts at Astroscope, Mark Learn Astrology Radio, on the app, the Astrology Cosmic Calendar with a K app, there's Astrology in 5, and I'm reading from Mysteries of Venus. So I'm very Venusian myself in terms of the power of my chart. Not that I have a weak Mars. I'm all for talking about Mars. I've got Mars in my chart. Mars and Venus are trine in air science. Um, so much energy that I've had in my life has to do with the planet Mars, both in its good way and its challenging way. So the thing is, is that Mars can function really well or can function with volatility and danger. Same thing in medical astrology as well. Saturn traditionally has a lot to do, based on the name Saturn, uh, in Greek mythology, Kronos. That's where we get the idea of chronic conditions. In medical astrology, in every planet and every zodiacal sign is connected to medical astrology. I'm the son of of a doctor, Bless, bless his soul, who's passed on many years ago, and I learned a lot about medical medical astrology and holistic things. As I said, I have a very strong Chiron in my chart as well. So I work with a lot of clients about holistic things, you know, different kind of um, healing treatments that you can you can get, and diff- whether it's tea, herbs, vegetables, diet, and other things like that. I'm not saying I'm an absolute medical astrologer. That's not my forte, but it's one of the areas that I've studied a lot of, and Chiron particularly is connected to that. Same thing with Mars. As opposed to Saturn, Mars has a lot to do with anything that's violent, anything that's acute. If somebody gets cut, if you're bleeding and you need to have immediate attention, that's more of a Mars happening which is acute things. Saturn is more like chronic things. My back is sore. My shoulders are sore. You know, I'm needing treatments over a long period of time. Then that falls into more of a Saturnian uh, energy. Remember, in Donald Trump's birth chart, his Mars-Saturn midpoint is his Pluto. His his solar arc Mars at 10 plus a Scorpio is exactly triggering that whole thing. So again, whether you're into midpoints or not, this is a very, very... Uh, powerful, difficult, challenging, martial, plutonic Saturn event for him because it's very complex in his chart. Don't forget, he has Chiron and Juno together in his chart on the United States Saturn. His Chiron is not moving. His Jupiter is not moving in the sign of Libra. By the way, one of the things going on, uh, well, I want to go back to his chart for one second here before I 
lower the boom with you about the United States solar arc. Um, hold on one second here. Got to find it in my computer because there was something I, I also wanted to say here about uh, Donald Trump. Hopefully I can find it. So it has to do with uh, Jupiter in Aries, if I can find it. Um, well, yeah, Jupiter actually transiting right now, that's what I want to say, is in Aries opposing the president's natal Jupiter, which is stationary, at 17 plus of Libra. So transiting Jupiter, if you remember again, in the last week, the president said, hey, they're going to arrest me, I'm gonna, or I'm going to be indicted. That was supposed to last Tuesday and never happened. Well, Jupiter has been, was moving exactly opposite by transit at 17 plus of Aries, and still today, Jupiter is within orb of opposing his natal Jupiter. And we found out also that I said earlier, in his secondary progress chart, uh, the president's, former president's moon Chiron, okay, they're in Libra, they're activating the Juno-Chiron um, opposition, the closest alignment in the U.S. chart, Donald Trump's secondary progressions are igniting. So, what I realized back going to the USA uh, solar arc directions when Brother Wayne and I had our main previous out of bounds at the beginning of the year, what was happening then was that I saw that Mars would spend the whole year, all of this year, this is not a quick moving transit or progression. So when you look at anything with solar arcs, okay, any of those positions in your solar arc progress chart, or if you ordered the solar arc predictions that Noel Teal created, which let's just say you decide to get the get into your progressions. It's $89. You get three reports a year of timeline, which are your uh, progressions and transits. You get life, uh, life progressions, another report about your progress chart, and then you get solar arc predictions that Noel Teal, which he was one of the foremost experts, you get a whole report called Solar Arc Predictions. So that's our, our sort of key progress package. So if you were the United States, if we thought of the United States as a person, and it obviously does have a personality, you know, and different ways that we, we see the kaleidoscope of our personality. And what I'm about to say is really crucial. This has never happened before because you can only have any kind of solar arc progression once in 360 years. That's because you're moving everything, the, sol the sun's uh, position. Okay, so if we go back to July 4th of 1776, Mars was at 21 of Gemini. So a year later, on July 4th of 1777, we move every planet one degree of the zodiac. So the U.S., Natal Mars was at 21 Gemini 22, the 21st degree, 21 plus of Gemini. And a year later for the country, using solar arcs, the Mars would have moved to 22 plus. Then a year later, it would be a 23 plus of Gemini. A year later, it would be 24 plus of Gemini and so on. So every year since 1776, which is what, 247 years now? Okay, approximately, yeah, 247 years. Basically, what we're moving is Mars 247 degrees from where it was, okay, approximately, okay. And when you move that, it's actually a little less than that because the, the sun doesn't move exactly one degree, sometimes 58 to 59 minutes of arc, sometimes 60 to 61. The point is, it's only now, only in 2023, Never happened before and will not happen again 
for 360 years into the future. Okay, this is absolute with solar arc charting for the United States. So again, this was like an accidental discovery, beginning of the year. Oh my God, Mars is at 26 Aquarius. But here's the deal. The United States doesn't just have the moon there. We have Pallas Athena and this other planet called Quayer, which was discovered in June, May, June of 2002. And that's a whole other issue. Quayor is another one of these planets, like has a 280 some odd year cycle. It's beyond Pluto. It's named after a creator god in the Los Angeles area. Okay, a Native American tribe. You can read all about it. Quayor, Q-U-A-O-A-R. If you order, like a lot of the charts you're going to see in my global hotspots, that you, if you look at podcast 1012 and you look at um, the, the different charts, there'll be the initials Q-U-A. I believe it's Q-U-A. That's Quayor. Okay, we don't even have an official symbol for it. Okay, and some of these other ones you'll see as well. I don't. I'm not putting chaos in there, but chaos is currently at the very end of Gemini, and that's a whole other issue I'll share more about with the banking when I do the banking podcast and I do the podcast having to do with Chiron. There's another podcast I want to do about esoteric astrology and some others. I will share more about chaos. I've already shared about chaos once before, once or twice before in other podcasts. So chaos is a real planet out there, has a 309-year cycle, and chaos is currently near the summer solstice or the solstice degree that we, like for instance, in May, just before we have the summer solstice in the northern hemisphere, chaos is going to be hitting zero of cancer. And chaos, this planet has been going back and forth around the solstice point, both opposing the Capricorn solstice and conjoining the, the cancer solstice. And that's a big part of mundane astrology where we look at every three months, every 90 days. So this faraway planet we don't know a whole much about, but his name Chaos has been influencing what we might call our seasons. Okay, if, if, if your astrologer is not into Chaos, then, you know, I feel for you because it's really there. And I feel fortunate. Now, there are a lot of celestial bodies I'm not studying. I can't study all of them. I mean, I, I can do as much as I can. I study a lot of them and I study a lot of asteroids and what I call centaur bodies. Pholos, there's Heracles, there's other bodies aside from Chiron. There's the, the companion of Chiron called Chiriclo, which has a 62-year cycle. I put Chiriclo into all the different charts. It's another healing energy, but it's feminine. So at any rate, um, Mars has not reached the United States moon. That's not going to happen exactly in solar arc till August and September. But in the meantime, the solar arc Mars at 26 plus Aquarius is another volatile, incredible factor that's creating kafui and strangeness and volatility and anger and frustrations and all this stuff. So the United States is dealing with solar arc Mars, former president of the United States, as opposed to Joe Biden, who I'm not saying Joe Biden doesn't have a strong Mars. He does. But Joe Biden is a Venusian. He's born on the day of a Sun-Venus conjunction. Zelensky is born on a Sun-Venus conjunction. Vladimir Putin has Mars in a fire sign. Sagittarius conjunct the galactic center. Same Mars where Stalin has. Mars in a fire sign for Putin. Mars in a fire sign for Donald Trump. Natal Mars for Donald Trump in Leo near his ascendant. Now we see that Donald Trump's once in a lifetime Okay, this this Mars solar arc for the president for the former president, which is now squaring his Pluto and squaring his Mars Saturn uh, conjunction, that never happened before in his lifetime. He's seventy six years old, and after this is done over the next several weeks and so on, it will never happen again because he's not going to live to be three hundred and sixty, and he's already seventy six. 
Okay, so there's that. Uh, I want to end about the leak project and a Tarot reading, but the presidential power chart. So you'll see that it's a Sun and Taurus chart with a Moon in Cancer approaching Jupiter, April 30th, 1789. And I've worked with this chart a lot. A lot of presidential connections, a lot of people running for the presidency. Again, if, if you look at this chart, okay, which I've, I've put in there, You'll see Juno is 17 plus of Libra in the chart for when uh, Washington took the first oath. Well, what is what is 17 plus of Libra? That's President, former President Trump's natal Jupiter. Okay, um, and you can go around this chart. There are so many significant positions that I can't really get into all of them. Saturn at 20 of Pisces is connected very much to Joe Biden's chart where he has the asteroid series. Um, the Saturn position in this presidential power chart was very connected to John McCain's chart, as an example. Um, the Sun degree on April 30th, 1789, uh, in Taurus, is very connected, just so you know, to um, the rising energy in George Washington's own chart, uh, So, which we have some birth information on. So we have George Washington's birth chart. And we pretty much know that. And astrology was utilized in those days. Remember Ben Franklin, uh, his his famous almanac, planting. I mean, George Washington had agriculture there. He was also a slave owner. These people knew about planting and the moon cycles and things like that. The, as part of the Freemasons and all that, they were all into different astrological rituals and so on. So it's not like George Washington didn't know any astrology. He did. You know, the extent of that knowledge that's up for grabs a little bit. But at any rate, this chart is extremely significant. You'll see also Uranus is at one of Leo in the chart for presidential power. Well, now we have Pluto moving exactly opposite that within one degree. That has not happened for over 240 years, okay, of Pluto opposing that. And today, when the moon had been in the sign Cancer and returning in the chart for presidential power, going over the Jupiter position of presidential power, and then the announcement of the indictment, then the moon shifted into the beginning of Leo and conjuncted Uranus, and that only happens once a month, okay, in this chart. By the way, the presidential power, again from George Washington, um, the first oath, this is very connected to other presidents and their use of power. What's interesting, and it shows a big conflict between the presidential power chart of April 30th of 1789 and the U.S. birth chart of July 4th, 1776. Why? Mercury in this chart for uh, George Washington and the oath April 30th, 1789, Mercury's at 24 plus of Aries, exactly square the USA Mercury which is also retrograde at 24 plus of cancer when the country begins at the Declaration of Independence. So uh, a square between uh, presidential power chart from George Washington and the start of the country at the Declaration of Independence. Another big deal, you'll see Mars at 13 plus of Aries, okay, in the eighth house of presidential power when Washington took the oath. The United States sun from July 4th, 1776 is 13 plus of cancer. So Mars squaring the sun uh, of the U.S. chart. And by the way, Doris, Doris Kearns Goodwin made her, uh, in um, a book she wrote about presidents, indicated, which I had never heard about, that when George Washington, right after he took the oath, gave a live uh, state of the country to Congress, whether it was the next day or a couple of days later, 
And some of the senators and representatives fell asleep. And according to Doris Kearns Goodwin, the historian, George Washington was so angry. Again, there's anger in this chart for presidential power. Mars is squaring the moon. Mars of Mercury squaring Jupiter. Um, as I said, Mars is in this chart for presidential power is square to the United States sun. Um, and again, there's a Vesta-Neptune conjunction in this chart in Libra, which is also square to Jupiter and opposite Mercury. So it's not as if the chart for Washington taking the first oath was, was all happy as a lark. And again, he was pretty exhausted because he had to go to New York. Uh, this was a whole different thing. And uh, leaving his, his farm and you know everything going on there, and it wasn't sort of ad, it wasn't astrologically organized, I don't think. I mean, there's some good aspects here. The moon and the sun are sextile. The moon is approaching Jupiter. So there might have been a sense of like, hey, this is a good time. It's in the early afternoon. This chart is, has been rectified by different people. I can't guarantee that 104 and 32 minutes in the early afternoon. But this is in from the American Federation of Astrologers, a lot of research but different people to try and calculate when did George Washington actually raise his hand, put a hand on Bible and take the oath. But what happened was, according to Doris Kearns Goodwin, the next day he gives a live address to Congress and several senators or representatives fall asleep. And he's so angry that he never in the next seven plus years of his two term presidency, all of his speeches or all of his state, you know, whatever he's doing are sent to them where he doesn't give another live address because he was so incensed with all the preparation, all the years and all the struggle and everything else that these representatives would fall asleep while he's giving an address, that they couldn't keep their eyes open for an hour, an hour and a half or whatever it is. Anyway, so there's a little story there. Okay, so this chart, um, I also I want to get this straight. I did the solar arc progressions here. So in the solar arc presidential power chart, okay, which is how presidents use power and things like that, it's not the same as the U.S. birth chart. What I noticed here is that the sun is at 29 plus a Sagittarius. That means that both for Biden, for Trump, former presidents Clinton and Bush, okay, Carter, okay, um, still alive, who might be running for president, what's going to happen is in approximately two, like eight months, nine months, the, the solar arc progressed sun, which again is a unique kind of thing, is leaving Sagittarius where it has been for 30 years, 29 years. So that includes a lot of presidencies. Think of the last 30 years. The solar arc presidential power sun has been in Sagittarius. That's going to go to zero of Capricorn. I, mean, I can't give the exact date at this point, but it's pretty much, it's before the end of the year. Okay, so it'll be in the fall of this year. And these trials and so on. So this is all in the last degree of Sagittarius, which is, again, an enormous influence. So um, that's one of the things happening there. So I'm going to keep my eye on some of these solar arc progress charts. So let me end here. There's a lot of things going on here. You know, I've talked a little about many of these charts, and I just want to say one more thing. So I'm going to be on the Leak Project with Rex Baer, um, We've done this many times. And what happened was almost three weeks ago now, on March uh, 5th, was it? Let's see, Mar uh, it was right before the full, the, uh, the full moon that we were having, okay, in March. 
you know, was the full moon and it was going to be the next day, March 7th. That was the day that Saturn went into Pisces. Okay. And there was, the sun was in Pisces and the moon in, in Virgo around 16 Pisces, 16 plus Pisces, 16 plus Virgo. I don't have the chart right in front of me. So that was on a Tuesday, March 6th, I believe, March 7th. At any rate, on the day before, which is a Monday, and you can go back there to the Leak Project, L-E-A-K Project, run by Rex Baer. A lot of followers, and fantastic show. What I've been doing is he has a tarot deck that is called the Tarot of Ra, okay? And it's a fantastic deck. Anyway, I started doing three-card readings just before I'd be on the show, and I had done a couple of these things. And so right before I was on, and remember, it was about to be the full moon the next day, and I do a three-card reading with his deck. If you, I've created my own decks, Inner Child Cards, Baseball Tarot. By the way, if you go to my website, you'll see Baseball Tarot, and I only have like eight decks left. It's a whole other story. I created this um, back in 1999 with my colleague, Laura Phillips. I've also created Inner Child Cards with my ex-wife, Isha Lerner. That's been going on for 30 years, which is fantastic. You can't get inner child cards. You can see the ad for it on my website, but you can get it from Amazon, and the, it's fantastic. She worked with again my uh, the the artist Christopher Gilfall. We did this a long time ago, um, but it's because of my ex wife's sort of travels and everything. It's been translated into many different languages, and it's fantastic. It's all on the collective consciousness and fairy tales and so on. That's inner child cards. And baseball throw a whole other thing. So that's why I brought up, you know, my, my great love of baseball and sports and so on. And I was fortunate to create another great tarot deck, baseball throw. So that's on sale. It's $49 because we have to ship it out. And because of a whole crazy thing where they destroyed literally 15,000 copies at a warehouse in Wisconsin, there's like eight left. So you want to get baseball throw, you can order it pay by, I think it's by PayPal, but you can see it on the website. If you want to order inner child cards, you need to go to Amazon or somewhere else and you can do that. And if you're in another country and you're listening to this, get it in French, get it in Spanish, get it in Portuguese, get it in Japanese. It's been translated into dozens of languages. So it's a pretty major success. Baseball Tarot is fantastic, but the, but because of the way that Workman Publishing, where I had done a lot of work with Sunshine Calendars for 17 years, they just didn't put it in the stores correctly. They put it in the baseball sports area instead of putting it in the Tarot area, and it wasn't selling a whole lot. And I wanted to take it to ballparks and do a whole thing at my own expense. This was back in 1999, and unfortunately, Workman said, oh, no, we'll take care of it. And they just didn't, you know, I mean, just being honest, they didn't advertise it well. And a bunch of Literally, apparently 15,000 copies were sitting in a warehouse in Wisconsin, and then I wanted to get more of these copies, and they said, guess what? Unfortunately, Mark, they would destroy it. You're kidding me. <laughs> Who destroyed them? Well, you know, whatever. So, you know, can't fight City Hall. Something happened there in, in a storage facility, and I've got like eight of these left, and it's they're still unique. They're all wrapped up. They've never been used. At any rate, you'll see them somewhere on Great for Enterprises. If not, then contact me, send me an email and say, hey, I want to order it, and I'll direct you to where it is. Um, it's basically $50. Okay, so the Tarot of Ra is a sensational deck, and I encourage you to go see The Leak Project and the various episodes where I've been interviewed by Rex Bear. We have a great rapport. Why am I bringing this up? Okay, so three weeks ago, 
the Monday before the full moon, right before Saturn goes into Pisces, before the full moon, I do three cards. One of the cards is the Justice card in that deck, which had come up the previous month during a separate reading. Of course, he's shuffling the cards and doing this right before the reading, and the, that card reappears, Justice. Now think about what's happening here, right? Balance, Justice, Trump, uh, Donald Trump has Chiron conjunct Jup, Juno in Libra, the sign of balance, right? The sign of justice, conjunct the U.S. Saturn overhead in the U.S. chart in Libra. By the way, Donald Trump also has Neptune stationary in Libra, okay? And his Jupiter is stationary in Libra. He's he's more Libra than anything else. He, he's got a sun in, in Gemini, Donald Trump. His moon is in Sagittarius, born the day of a total lunar eclipse. He's got the sun opposite the moon. There's all that volatility back and forth, immutable signs. He's got a Venus-Saturn conjunction in Cancer, very close in the United States-Mercury. Again, his chart is very, very connected, extremely so to the U.S. chart, which is why he decided to do this. I mean, whether he wanted to do it consciously or not, we can go back in time. He never actually thought he was going to win the presidency. I mean, you know, this is sort of like he was shocked. The Democrats fell apart with Hillary Clinton, you know, and that whole campaign, which isn't surprising. And then suddenly he has to improvise, which is part of what he always does anyway in his life, day after day, things that are transactional. Suddenly it's like, okay, I'm president of the United States. How are we going to do this? And he operates as if like this is another episode of The Celebrity Apprentice. That you can go back in time. That's sort of how every day was being run, as if it was like a TV show. So that was what is used to him. In, for so many different years and being a public figure and having so many different things in New York City and so on. So he is a businessman. He's not a p politician and he's doing things differently. Okay. So, so at any rate, the justice card shows up, which had showed up the month before. Now this, I'm not thinking Donald Trump here. Okay. Then the queen of swords, another female figure of a royalty figure shows up, the queen holding a sword, right? So it's two feminine figures. The justice's card goes back to ancient Egypt. There's this uh, figure known as, I think it's Maat, M-A-A-T. There's like an apostrophe. The whole idea of judging the souls when you, when you die, okay, in the afterlife. The whole idea of Libra and being ruled by Venus is also connected to this idea of judgment, justice, blind justice. The USA has Saturn and Juno, a key asteroid having to do with peace and love when it's po positive and empowerment and relationship when it's positive. But when negative, Juno can be a goddess of storms and of volatility. And our Juno, which is at 20 plus of Libra, is exactly opposite our Chiron at 20 plus Aries. And again, Chiron is coming back to the U.S. chart as it does every 50 years. It was last there in 1974 when Nixon resigned and then Ford uh, wound up becoming president, and a month later, then pardon for pardon Nixon. We're having Chiron come back. Now we have another president who has been impeached twice, p potentially going on trial several times. Chiron is coming back. The twilight zone, wounds, healing of the country. Chiron coming back in Aries, opposite our Juno and Libra, justice, fairness, balance, and so on. So this is like an extraordinary thing. His chart. He has Jupiter in Libra, and now transiting Jupiter is in Aries, opposing his Jupiter. You can't make this up. It's all just like really incredible what's going on here. So here's the final thing. The third card that shows up after the Justice card, which is a major arcana card, 
and I don't believe we had had, when I did the previous other readings, the three cards I was choosing was basically past, present, and future. The three other cards were were not major arcana. They're not part of the 22 major cards. I've been studying tarot longer than astrology. Got into the Kabbalah, the Tree of Life, all the different tarot decks and so on, which is why I've created two tarot decks and love working with tarot. Plus, I used to keep a dream notebook. I got into Edgar Casey, Rudolf Steiner, so many other things. You know about my work with Lucis Trust in New York City, going to the Findhorn community. Again, GPS Astrology, which is coming out, uses these two archetypal ideas, goodwill is love and action, out of the Alice Bailey, Tibetan Master DK, Lucis Trust, and Lucis Publishing teachings, which is where I worked in the 70s. And then Findhorn, all your needs will be met. Eileen Caddy, Peter Caddy, Dorothy McLean, uh, a fellow named Rock from Scotland, and David Spangler, an American, five amazing figures with the concept of all your needs will be met. So I work a lot with affirmations, meditation, spiritual things, along with all my other work, astrology, uh, tarot, numerology, and so on. At any rate, the third card came up, and I almost didn't want to do this reading, and it was the tower, right? I didn't know what Rex and I were going to talk about, but I thought, okay, it came up. And in the tower, the tower represents, is ruled by Mars. You know, in the major 22 cards, like the fool is Uranus, and you can go through all these things. Uh, the magician relates to Mercury, and so each major card is either either one of the zodiacal signs, or one of the ten major planetary bodies: Sun, Moon, and eight planets. Now, again, I link up Chiron in particular to the chariot for various reasons: the CH and of chariot and Chiron. That's another whole story I can talk about another time. But fundamentally, every single major card. Is, uh, of the major arcana is either a planet, a celestial body, or a zodiacal sign. Then, then you get the four suits, okay? So you got your pentacles and so on and whatever system you've got, okay? Which are bas- basically the four different elements of fire, earth, air, and water, and whatever the suits are called, okay? And of course, modern playing cards come out of the tarot and you get rid of uh, one of the court figures because there's three court figures, you know, a jack, queen, and a king in playing cards, and the ace to the ten. And then you get the joker, like in a deck, if you get playing cards, sometimes two jokers. And the joker is the sort of connection to the fact that the true had the fool. But what you're not getting is, you're not getting uh, the major cards in playing deck. You see, you're getting 52 cards and the joker, whereas tarot is 78 cards. But tarot precedes playing cards. So you got to remember all of that. That's really crucial. Okay, so the tower comes up. And in the most of the tower images, and it's true in the Tarot of Ra, you got this big tower. Think of it about this again, Trump Tower, right? Or any kind of buildings, okay, things that are structured and two figures are falling from the top of the tower because the tower is hit by lightning. Okay. Now, there's a lot of ways in which we could work with this. By the way, when um, when we had the Trinity explosion, okay, in in Alamogordo, the first actual nuclear test, okay, before Hiroshima and Nagasaki, August 6th, August 9th, 1945. On July 16th, oddly enough, on the 16th, the, the, the tower card is number 16, they had built a tower and put that this particular bomb in the tower. There was a lightning storm. I'm not making this up. The night before, they were worried about well, what would happen with this bomb. Then at like five, whatever it was, early morning the next day, that was the first explosion 
of an atomic bomb in the desert in Alamogordo, not far from Las Vegas. And by the way, people, I mean, you go through the whole history of this because this is what I did back in 1982, published my findings about Hiroshima, Nagasaki, the Trinity, the nuclear chain reaction in Chicago, Enrique Fermi, which goes back um, – to 1942, December 2nd in the afternoon. There's a whole chart for that. I present all of that. By the way, if you want to listen, it's in the July 2021 uh, podcast where Joe Biden goes to Geneva and meets with uh, Putin and some other people. I read from the Taurus 1982 stapled together newsletter of Welcome to Planet Earth where I'd done all my research, original research about what's called the nuclear axis and all these other things, which stretches from Sagittarius to Gemini between around 7, 11 degrees of Gemini and Sagittarius. That gets into a whole lot of things with John F. Kennedy and the United States, natal Uranus um, at 8 plus of Gemini, President Kennedy's son at the same spot, um, Neptune-Pluto conjunctions in the 1890s at the same area, Red giant stars, Aldebaran and Antares opposing each other across the zodiac at the same area, came up with the idea of the nuclear axis. That's where Mars just stopped on January 12th and for a few days before and afterwards. So again, the transiting Mars has triggered a whole bunch of things. The United States secondary progressed Mars and Chiron, they've been in opposition, and I shared a lot about that in these podcasts over the last three plus years. The USA secondary progressed chart, Mars has been very intense there. And by the way, the U.S. secondary progressed Mars and Trump's, Donald Trump's Jupiter, they're at the same place. And I've been reporting about the United States secondary progressed Mars stopping and going retrograde for 80 years since 2006 when George Bush was president, George Bush Jr. So just so you know, in the USA secondary progressed chart since 2006, which is what, 17 years ago, we started 80 years of Mars being retrograde in the USA secondary progress chart. So it's been 17 years. We still have, what, another 63 years of Mars being retrograde, whether you think that's positive or negative, in Libra in the USA secondary progress chart. And now we know the USA solar arc progress chart has Mars at 26 plus Aquarius, making a once in 360 year conjunction to our Quayar, our Pallas Athena, and our moon, which are all in one degree, 27 of Aquarius. We've got all this Mars energy going on, unbelievably intense. So what I wanted to say was, this is what's so weird. I've been trying to do the banking crisis podcast, and I've been developing it, downloading stories, because this is a, I've studied financial panics, the great stock market crash in New York, uh, New York Stock Exchange in 1929. I focused on the financial panics and banking industry in the United States. We've had all these panics. We've had what happened in 2008. We had uh, a one-day stock market crash in 1987. Uh, we had, we've had all these events, 1893, when J.P. Morgan fundamentally bailed out the United States when Grover Cleveland was in his second administration. There was a panic there. There have been financial panics like 1837, the 1850s, the 1870s, and so on, 1907, 1907. So there have been a lot of panics and financial panics, and we look, we can look at the U.S. chart, we can look at progressions, we can look at transits, and so on. So what happened was I see the tower card showing up and the two people falling. A couple of days go by, 
Then we had the Silicon Valley Bank on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right after the full moon and Saturn going to Pisces, we have all these people withdrawing, right? Billions of dollars from Silicon Valley Bank. And that starts this whole thing between March 10, 11, and 12. And then that following weekend, our Fed, Janet Yellen, the Federal Reserve, they're afraid of another banking disaster. So they start putting into place all these different rules. We're going to support depositors and so on. We're still in this process. Meanwhile, I've been downloading dozens of stories until today when suddenly the Donald Trump indictment comes through. And now I'm doing this podcast, which is the last thing I was planning to do. So before you know it, I'm going to get back into the banking one. But what I wanted to say in the leak project sharing, as often happens, because we're drawing tarot, which is kind of these archetypes from the collective unconscious, we get the justice card, which represents Libra, scales, and balance. In a sense, all of our souls, not just Donald Trump, the soul of the country, the soul of the world with Putin and Xi and Trump and all these different people, we're all in the judgment seat. What's the right thing to do? How can we work with our values on the highest level? Can we create goodwill as love and action, which we're working with GPS astrology? What about all our needs being met on the higher level? What are our true needs as individuals, as groups, as families, neighbors, our, our banking establishments, the value of money, all these different things? So in that card reading, we had the justice card, which had come up the previous month, which has a female figure in the Tarot of Ra. Again, you can go back to that leak project on with Rex Bear, L-E-A-K, and you can look up the last one, which was, I think it went up on the day of the full moon, March 7th, but we did it on the 6th, okay, so it may be listed as March 7th. Now I'm going to be on again on April 3rd there, okay, and it was on Coast to Coast. If you want to become a Coast Insider, that's that was on March 14th, Pi Day. And I was on there the evening of March 14th for the 43rd time of being on Coast to Coast. If you become a Coast Insider, they're not paying me anything for this. It's just like what people order, thankfully. You know, I'm very grateful to be able to be on Coast to Coast. It's it's a rare honor. And I've been on there 43 times, which is pretty amazing since, uh, since 2004. But you can become a Coast Insider. You wind up paying like $6 a month. And then you get the download of whoever was on, you know, that night the next morning and you can listen without the ads you see normally under art bell years ago coast to coast um, they didn't have astrologers um, i listened to the program i listened on the radio now things have changed somewhat so you can become a coast insider and if you go to coast to coast am you can sign up for that and then you you can go back the last five years i've been on several times i used to only be on like once a year in the last five years, I've probably been on, you know, 12 times. You could go back to the last five years and listen to all the different times I've been on with George Norrie. At any rate, the reason I want to end with this is I'm going to be on the Leak Project again on, on Monday, April 5. Again, subscribe to GPS Astrology, which is, you'll see the tab on the homepage of, front page of our website, greatbearenterprise.com, so that you can see the stuff that's about to happen. I will be sharing more about Chiron in particular. And Chiron is returning in the United States chart partially this year and next year at the total solar eclipse, which will be April 8, 2024, an exact sun-moon-Chiron conjunction at 19 plus of Aries. The USA Chiron is at 20 plus of Aries, and that will happen three times next year. And in GPS astrology coming up, 
We've got Zane Stein talking about uh, Chiron. He wrote many books on it. Zane Stein, who lives now in New Zealand, one of the foremost figures of our time talking about Chiron. He's got an article on, Chi on Chiron and Jupiter. Brother Wayne Mooney has a whole amazing article on his experiences with Chiron, which is sensational. I will be sharing about the total solar eclipse with Chiron and some other things about Ronald Reagan and when he was shot, some other things. Chiron, particularly in the Uranus discovery chart from 17, uh, March 13, 1781, as well as the Chiron discovery chart itself, and some unknown things that I don't think a lot of people or astrologers have discovered about Ronald Reagan getting shot, particularly March 30th, again, which is the anniversary of that day today, which is, what, 42 years ago today. So I've shared a whole lot with you. The tarot cards that came up um, on March 6th, I'm going to do another three cards on April 3rd when, when Rex and I discuss this again. But I've, I've been thinking of the Justice card, the Queen of Swords, and the Tower with the two figures falling. Again, it's a Mars-related card. And Mars, as I've been saying, now in Donald Trump's solar arc, his natal Mars, which is near the Ascendant in Leo, Donald Trump is a martial figure. He's not really a Venusian figure. I'm not saying Venus doesn't work in a chart. He has Venus conjunct Saturn, conjunct the United States, Mercury. But having a Mars rising in Leo in his natal chart, having now his solar arc Mars, a 10 plus a Scorpio, exactly squaring his Pluto, okay, which is which is the Mars-Saturn midpoint of his chart, the anger, the volatility, the fact he's already been president, his his you know he's touched the nuclear football. He he's had you know all these meetings with Putin and Xi and Kim Jong Un, and he has been part of the presidency. Whether people like that or they don't like that, and now he's going to be running again. And it, you know again, even if he's tried and convicted of something, if he stays in the United States, were he to go to prison somehow, there's the Secret Service. This has never happened before. Again, this is a completely unique situation. So regardless of whether, you know, to use the phrase trumped up charges that would be invalid or wouldn't work, and again, a void moon happening when this is all being reported, often the idea of a void moon, again, we don't know when the, when the jury actually made the decision, but the news reports coming out, the moon was at the 30th degree of cancer, and in Dane Rudyard's uh, astrological symbols, it's the image is pretty intense, and it's very conservative. The image is a daughter of the American Revolution. It has a lot to do with conservative principles. So the moon was in the last degree of the sign Cancer, about to shift into Leo, and about to go opposite the uh, Pluto in the sky, which is once a month, the moon-Pluto opposition. And again, as I said today, when we sent out our email talking about major astrological alignments to you know many people on our list, whether you read it or not, in today's cosmic calendar, which I had no idea that Trump, this was going to happen, we had Ju Venus conjunct Uranus once a year in Taurus, Mercury conjunct Vesta once a year in Aries. Okay, there was Mars trying Saturn, three major alignments on one day, which is why I wanted everybody to see about it. I had no idea this was going to happen in New York City. Remember, in the sky, we had Mars trying Saturn, a trine, which is often considered flowing. But in um, the former president's chart, his Mars-Saturn midpoint is his Pluto, and his his the Mars in his solar arc chart just squared that, or is squaring it now exactly. And whatever happens, whenever he's goes in front of the public, or however that happens, whether that's Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, remember we're having the full moon next Wednesday. 
Okay, which is what we call the Shambhala festival in the esoteric world, the will of God or divine energies coming in through the sun in Aries and the moon in Libra. In the Lucis Publishing area, Lucis Trust, Alice Bailey worked with the Tibetan master DK, where I worked um, near the United Nations for several years, and I still work with those principles. There are three spiritual festivals. They're considered Aries and Libra, okay, when the sun is in Aries, moon is in Libra, and that's considered the Shambhala festival, Shambhala representing the center where the will of the divine is known, or what we might call the will to good. If we want to, don't want to use the word God or goddess, the will to good or goodwill on the highest levels. Okay, actually, it isn't goodwill until we get into Gemini and Sagittarius. But that's the first of three festivals, and it's in the two cardinal signs, Aries and Libra. And then we go to Taurus and Scorpio, the full moon of Taurus and Scorpio, usually in late April, early May, and that's connected more to the the principle of the Buddha and Buddhism, and you can read all sorts of things about Buddha and Buddhism and the enlightenment he experienced uh, being born at the full moon of Taurus, uh, enlightenment, the full moon of Taurus, potentially dying at the same time. At any rate, the concept of Taurus and its archetypes, as well as Scorpio, is very connected to uh, Buddhism and the Bo uh, Four Noble Truths and so many other things. And then we get the third festival, which is connected to the Christ principle, which is more of the festival of humanity. That's when the sun is in Gemini and the moon is in Sagittarius. So we, we they're basically crosses of energy. The cardinal cross, Aries, Libra, then the fixed cross of Taurus and Scorpio, fixed signs, and then the mutable, mutable cross of Gemini and Sagittarius. This has taken hold over, well, it's almost 100 years uh, in what's called the Arcane School, the Tibetan Master DK teachings connected to Alice Bailey. And I was fortunate enough to work there. And I don't know what you've read about, but you can get free literature bookmarks, you can get pamphlets, you can get uh, books and so on. And I've studied these for 40 plus years, and it's very illuminating. It connects very much to the works of Edward Casey, Rudolf Steiner, and so many other seers and divine teachers. I also study a lot of the Dalai Lama and feel very close to who he is and what he represents as one of the great, great exemplars of our time. And it's, I believe in the next GPS astrology, which we're planning to come out July 3rd, near the U.S. birthday, I want to bring out uh, the Dalai Lama's birth chart. He's very connected to the U.S. chart. His son degree, the Dalai Lama, the 14th Dalai Lama, a beautiful, amazing soul who has been so great for teaching so many wonderful principles, has a fantastic sense of humor, as well as a, si a background in science as well, and who's roamed the whole planet. He's basically a stateless person because the Chinese took over Tibet, and he lives normally in India but travels around so much. I see him as one of the great teachers of our time, if not the leading teacher. And uh, so he, he's going to have, let's see, birthday 87, I believe. He was born in, or 87 or 88. I'll have to look back. But his son is in cancer, exactly conjunct the United States son, which is really fascinating because so many people, particularly Richard Gere, the actor, okay? And I just saw another thing. You know, he's been emphasizing so much about um, Tibet being, you know, taken over by the Chinese uh, after the... Communist Revolution 1949, and the Dalai Lama has been on the run, particularly since he was very young in 1959 and having to escape out of Tibet and then roam around the planet and represent, you know, all these higher truths, higher goodwill and love and intelligence and wisdom. So at any rate, I think I'm done. I wanted this to be an hour. It's two hours and 15 minutes or so. I really appreciate you all listening. 
doing this on the fly. I know I've been able to cover a whole lot. Um, there's other stuff that I will cover. So we're at two, two plus hours. My daughter says, keep it short. <laughs> and I've done, you know, three plus hour ones. So at any rate, it's a little longer, but this is like an amazing moment in American history. No other president, current president, former president was ever indicted uh, for any kind of criminal activities. Just remember, like any other person, the person is presumed innocent. There may be some of these other trials that happen, and we'll see whether or not he shows up in New York. His lawyers are saying he will. But again, I think ultimately, you know, Donald Trump is a person who's a worldwide individual. He's got hotels and golf courses all over the place. Many of the places where he does have these facilities are in places where there are no extradition treaties. And he did get his passport back. Um, that was one of the items that the FBI took from Mar-a-Lago, you might remember, and he wanted his passports back. So we'll see, you know, where all this wants to go. But this is not going to be any kind of immediate thing. It's just a very rare and unusual event at a very powerful time astrologically. And now at least I presented some of these charts that are in the folder for Podcast 1012 and talked about other kinds of charts, solar arc progress charts. All of us have solar arc progress charts. All of us have secondary progress charts. All of us have transits. All of us have the natal chart. And don't forget the cosmic calendar cycles that are going on all the time. And your birth chart and mine and all your relatives and people from the past and people we look up to, everybody was born at a moment of time, which was the cosmic calendar of the sky cycles in that place and time, frozen in time. You take your first breath and that's your basic soul spiritual path in life. And if we can diagnose that and decode all those symbols, sun, moon, eight planets, four main asteroids, Chiron, the nodes of the moon, the houses, the aspects, and so on. That's the job of the professional astrology or yourself. And to utilize whatever progressions, several kinds, as I'm saying, transits, and things like midpoints, or maybe fixed stars, and compatibility, all these other things. Again, go back to greatbearenterprise.com. We've got reports on sale for 25% off, individual reports. The three-in-ones that I'm mentioning, they're especially di discounted to $89.99, normally over $150. And um, phone consultations, if you're interested in that. Classes, 36 classes to learn astrology. And signing up for GPS Astrology, completely complimentary. You can read through the last three issues, and then you'll get the next one, which will come out on Wednesday, um, April 5, at the full moon and when the sun is conjunct Chiron. So thank you very much for listening. Please visit... Um, uh, become a Coast to Coast Insider if you want. It's not very expensive. And then it's not just myself, so many other people into astrology, numerology, metaphysics, ancient civilizations, and, you know, current events and so on with the great George Norian Coast to Coast. And if you sign up for that for like $6 a month, you can listen to maybe 10 or 12 of the times I've been on the last five years. And otherwise, with, with Rex Pear, um, the leak project on, the, on YouTube, L-E-A-K. So please go there as well, and there'll be another one of those coming up on April 3rd, or by the time he gets it up, maybe April 4th, April 5th. Again, thank you very much for listening. Keep studying astrology. Remember to get the Astrology Cosmic Calendar with a K, free one day at a time, pennies a day by subscription. And if you do subscribe for a year, you'll get a complimentary six-month timeline report based on your exact month, day, and your birth, your time, and your place. 
which itself is worth the price of admission to getting one year. It's only if you order it for a year at $49.99 uh, on a credit card or PayPal, but then you get a timeline report complimentary within 24, 48 hours. And then you can see the daily uh, cycles in the sky and go ahead into the future if you're a subscriber. Okay, take good care, everybody, and let's hope for the best with our country coming together in some way and not turning too volatile because of what's happening with the former president of the United States. Peace, love, understanding for all of us. Have a good evening, and we'll see you soon with the next podcast. Bye for now.